podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it off our chests Hello, hello everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Charlotte Edwards Cup Review brought to you by County Cricket Natters in conjunction with Women's Cricket Chat. I'm Sam Dalling and I'm delighted to be joined by a free a trio of wonderful co-hosts this morning for the first time on this podcast as well. Georgie Heath, morning. Good morning to you. How's everyone doing? Oh, I can't complain, thank you. Sun is shining and I'm still in Somerset. How about you? Neither of the above, actually. No sunshine. No sunshine in London. No sunshine in London. Oh. That's a metaphor for something. Well, that's why they say West is best. Uh, Georgie was at the Western Storm versus Sunrises game, as were the other two co-hosts as well. Hannah Thompson, how are you this morning? Yeah, I'm absolutely knackered, but in all the best ways. Like, we had such a good weekend this weekend, and... Yeah, the match yesterday, Storm versus Sunrisers, was a really good watch, wasn't it? Oh, wasn't it just? And actually, Hannah, people won't know this, but Hannah had a baby shower on the Saturday and brought in a lot of cake. And I can confirm, Hannah, that was devoured in the second game in the press conference boxes. So thank you very much. And last, but by no means least, someone who, oh, she wasn't, I suppose you could technically say she was watching the game at times, but she was also participating and starring in it went on to commentate in the Somerset versus Essex Eagles game afterwards. So a long but magnificent day for Sophie Love. Hey, Sophie. Morning, Sam. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. How are you holding up? You managed to get much sleep last night? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. In uh, positive spirits. And yeah, it's going to be a busy week. So yeah, bring on the next game. I'll bring on the next game, which I think is on Wednesday. But let's start with the last game, Western Storm. Now, they played the Sunrisers at the Cooper Associates County Ground. If you remember, only just over a week ago, there was a very, very close game between these sides down at Chelmsford, a last ball victory for the Western Storm. This time, it was a little bit more convincing and largely thanks to a half century from the skipper, Sophie Luff, 78 of 54 balls. Um, Sophie, magnificent knock. Presumably you had Hannah Thompson's words of wisdom ringing in your ears when you got down to the toss as well? Yeah, she told me to win the toss and bat first and that's exactly what I did. So, um, yeah, it was a good omen. Uh, and how, well, a brilliant afternoon for your side. Playing on a hybrid pitch, is that right? Yeah, it was a hybrid. And, um, yeah, it was an absolute belter, to be honest. Um, credit to Scott Hawkins and his team. Um, they usually produce very good wickets at Taunton. Um, and it was no no different to that. Um, I had no hesitation in trying to put runs on the board and batting first and putting sunrises under pressure. And, yeah, the game went according to plan. Yeah, it certainly did from a Western Storm front. I know Sophie will be far too modest to talk about it, Hannah. So can you, you were up there in the commentary box for the Western Storm live stream. Can you tell us a little bit more about Sophie's knock? Yeah, no, it was so crucial, obviously, like anchoring and 
just it was a difficult start for Storm to begin with. Obviously, Fee Morris dropped within that first over, going for two runs, um, two from two though, uh, so hundred percent strike rate. But Sophie Luff, alongside England captain Heather Knight, really kind of steadied the ship and built the innings superbly. So to begin with, we were like, oh, they're going a little bit slow, but we knew with that, their experience, we thought. Right, they're going to build a really good platform here. The only thing that we were concerned with is sometimes in the T20 format, we see it all the time. Batters kind of build a really good partnership like we saw with um, Thunder the other day with Emma Lamb and Georgie Boyce. They got 130 kind of opening stand, but then it wasn't backed up. Whereas in the case of Western Storm, Sophie Luff's 78 or 54 was superbly backed up by Danny Gibson, um, 26 off 19. And that partnership was just as crucial as the Heaven Night partnership of 34 runs off 28 balls um, she scored in the end. But yeah, uh, Luffy, you had an absolute cracker of a day. And it's so good to see you in T20 scoring so kind of quickly as well, like that acceleration rate. Um, how do you kind of approach it? Because obviously, like sometimes you kind of get labelled more of a 50 over player, um, whereas it was such a exciting innings from you in the T20 yesterday. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those where I probably do prefer the longer format of the game and 50 overs, um, but I've worked really hard on my T20 game and um, I'm bringing in a few more shots. I've got shots, I've got a few more options, which I think is is really good and, and that's what you need in the short format, especially with only having four fielders out outside of the power play. You've got to be able to manipulate the field and um, yeah, I guess like, I pride myself on my running between the wickets, trying to get up and back and um, I was able to you know build that tempo with Gibbo when she comes in because she can strike the ball really nicely as well and look, we've got a lot of depth at Storm and I think that's the way that we want to set up. Um, you know, someone like Heather or myself try and navigate the innings and the younger girls come in and play play with a lot of freedom. Sophie, talking about, you know, having shots, finding different areas. Talk to me about one particular moment, 14.1 overs in, and you've just danced down the track, pushed it to long on, picked up a single to bring up your half century. How did it feel to raise your bat at what is your home ground in front of a decent crowd? Yeah, it felt really good, to be honest, Sam. Um, it's my first 50 in a storm shirt at Taunton. Um, I hate to say it, but I usually get a lot of my runs at Bristol. So for a Somerset <laughs> girl, that's not ideal. Um, but I'll take them wherever I play. Um, so, yeah, it was really nice. Obviously, a really good crowd in as well. And sun was shining. Um, and, yeah, just, just a fantastic atmosphere. So, yeah, it was a great day. And Georgie, for a bit of balance, because I know there's a lot of Western Storm bias in this uh, podcast, which is absolutely fine. But Sun Rises, Naomi Dutani, she made 53, back-to-back half-centuries for her. She's now got 40, 20 half-centuries this summer, having only made two in her previous 12 years. But her aside, they didn't really get going. It never looked like they were going to overhaul that total, did it? No, it didn't, but you did steal my person. I was going to say, guys, we've got to talk about Naomi Datani. I know Luffy's with us, but we've got to ignore her for a bit. Sorry, Luffy. But yeah, Dats is just, she's on a roll at the moment and she's looking phenomenal. We saw her score that 100 at Lords earlier on this year in that women's um, celebration game. And that was just sort of, I don't know, I don't know what boost it gave her this season, but she's really gone into it. She's played with such maturity and she does lead this side with that bat. You know, she was bowling pretty well, her left arm medium pace was going along nicely and then when she came out with the bat she just looked so comfortable and I love seeing a left-handed batter I'm not even a left-handed batter but I really like to see it so yeah she was having a great day and it was going along so nicely for her she's found that form at the moment and she just seems to be really 
enjoying it. She was without much support, which was a bit of a shame. Like there wasn't really anyone who kicked on to keep her company out there. I mean, we had some nice bowling from Kelly Castle. Obviously she took two wickets, but there wasn't really anyone to support Dats in that. So she was having to take on the anchor, but also pushing forward, you know, being the anchor and also the rudder and the accelerator all at the same time is quite difficult. So that was tricky for her. We did see Mia Rogers fall to that absolute screamer from Helen Knight. So maybe, who knows, in another world with another fielder, maybe Mia Rogers was going to go on and accompany her to a half century. But it wasn't the day for the Sunrisers. And I was watching their bench and you could, just, you could almost see from quite far away the heads just drooping and going, oh, here we go again. When are we going to find this win? How are we going to find this win? Obviously, after the, the last ball thriller against Storm last time, which actually Storm almost didn't deserve to win. Sorry, Luffy. But Sunrisers basically had that in the bag and it you know it got stolen from them so we went out with a bit of expectation thinking maybe this is going to be another thriller and they just didn't quite turn up like we would have wanted yeah it's tough isn't it they're still without a point on the board yet but they're a very young side and there's definitely positives Sophie before we move away from the game because there was a big result in Group B as well, the, the second game in the evening. But bonus point, you got there in the end. There was a bit a bit of stress around it, though. Yeah, it wasn't ideal. Uh, so the message came on that we needed to restrict them to one two seven uh, to get a bonus point. Um, so I made some tactical decisions towards the back end of the innings to try and squeeze, bring more fielders into the ring uh, because, you know, they weren't going to get the total. Um, but it turns out um, they finished on one two eight. I thought the bonus point had gone. Um, and then I walked off the pitch and, yeah, apparently our analyst got it wrong. It was actually one three five. So we did get the bonus point um, after all that, uh, which was a bit of a, a relief because... Um, you know, given how the table's looking, um, it, it could make a difference. Um, if we can continue the momentum that we've got at the minute, um, it could make a difference come the end of the competition. Yeah, I'm sure your analysts will take a little bit of healthy stick for that. But all is well that ends well, because Western Storm did get that bonus point. And as Sophie has just said there, it's looking very tight at the top of Group B. And that was because when the Central Sparks and South East Stars met, in the evening, the Stars picked up a 10-run victory by, well, rain-affected, so it was Duckworth-Lewis-Stern method, or the Vera Duckworth method, as Peter Trigo was calling it on commentary yesterday. So the Sparks' 100% record came to an end. Stars batted first, 148-6, third 50 in four games for Eilish Cranston. And to put that into contact text, the next best score was only 15. Sarah Glenn's leg spin picked up three wickets. There was a brilliant bit of work. I don't know if you've seen it from Amy Jones. The ball kind of went in between Phoebe Franklin and the stumps and Amy Jones just took the ball, whipped the bails off, no problem whatsoever. In the end, the Sparks, so they, they started their innings thinking they needed 149 to win. 33 for two after three and a half overs. Then the rain came, so that was revised to 102 for 12. 91 for seven, the Sparks ended up on and Georgie that froze group B wide open wouldn't you say? I love it when this happens though because I mean I'm all for certain teams we know there is a certain team I have a little penchant for but I won't talk to the Western Storm girls about my love for the Vipers oh I mentioned it um yeah it's nice that a group gets thrown open because it does keep that interest sometimes it gets to it and you're like right they're top they've qualified here we go blah blah we'll go through the motions and then people 
just sort of fade off a bit, you lose enthusiasm. But when there is still so much to fight for, and like that game last night, we all had our eyes on. We were like, right, this is going to finish today. We're all going to get home to be able to watch this next game because it's going to be blockbuster. But yeah, interesting because I sort of, I was talking on the radio earlier on in the day and I was like, I really think Sparks have got this in the bag this afternoon. And I don't know, sometimes it's those moments of brilliance, you know, Amy Jones being run out after it just the fingertips kind of thing. It always seems to be a fingertip backing up, run out. It seems to be something, something. When you're on the other end of it, it's bloody annoying and it sucks. But when your team grabs it, you're like, yeah, totally did that on purpose. You know, knew that was going to happen. So something like that, getting someone like Amy Jones, who has been in such good form. um, And obviously Izzy Wong went early as well. That's something that's, you know, it was a great boost for stars. And they're just, they're finding their form again at the right time. You know, they're, they're ticking along really nicely, defending champions, obviously. So they'll be looking to book their spot and book it with a bit of confidence. And that kind of game will really take it for them. Yeah, I was going to ask Sophie about that. You ever been run out backing up, Sophie? It must be the worst way to depart. Yeah, it actually happened to me in the county season uh, this this summer, um, actually when we played Warwickshire at county grounds. So yeah, really disappointing way to get out. And Stars have had the, the rub of the green in that respect. They've run two England players out in the last two weeks by doing that. So yeah, hopefully uh, other teams can get some revenge on them soon. Yeah, what do you reckon, Hannah? Does that is that the result Western Storm would have wanted? Definitely not, I don't think. Oh, okay. we thinking, yeah, we were thinking it would be better if Sparks kind of stayed at the top and Storm got that best best second place spot. But at the same time, perhaps, you know, it it could still work out for the Storm and it just makes it a little bit more difficult at the moment. Every match becomes must win. Um, Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Luffy? What what were you thinking? Were you hoping that Sparks would maintain that unbeaten streak? I think initially, yeah, but having looked at the table this morning, it looks really, if we stars on Wednesday and perhaps Sunrisers can give us a favourite against Sparks, then it's it's wide open. Um, so if we beat stars, we jump ahead of them. Um, so, yeah, and looking at the other group, um, trying to look at their points, I actually have had a look because you, you need more points than the um, other second place in that table. So um, if Vipers can keep winning, Georgie will be pleased to hear me say that, but if Vipers can keep winning um, and stop the other teams getting, getting points, then that'll do us a favour as well, I think. Yeah, that's vital, isn't it? I think you need to need a couple of analysts to keep your eye on both groups and all the permutations. But that Thunder versus Vipers game again becomes very big on Wednesday. Western Storm playing the Southeast Spark, which is delightfully going to be on Sky up at Bristol uh, on Wednesday afternoon. So that takes us. Why don't we jump across to Group Two? We'll start with the Lightning versus the Vipers. Vipers win by five wickets. Very odd power play from the Lightning. They scored 57 runs in it, but they were four down. So they were obviously kept going for it. In the end, it got them up to 1-4-1. couple of wickets for 17-year-old Freya Kemp as well. She got Tammy Beaumont caught behind with an absolute jaffer of a delivery. And I think she's been picked up by the Southern Brave for the hundreds. Viper, well, courtesy of Danny Wyatt, they made pretty light work of it. 142 for five in the 17th over, 76 from 44 balls. For her, I mean, she has been a, a stalwart of the England white ball game for so many years and, and is just scoring runs for fun. And Georgie, given your self-confessed soft spot for Seven Vipers, why don't we start there? Emphatic, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. They just seem to have this thing when 
uh, say, you know, Georgia Adams, she's up there top of their order. She's one of their gun batters. She's only scored 14. You've got Danny Wyatt there as well. So they seem to have someone who steps up every time. And that's the thing you kind of need in these short formats. You know, you've got to be able to turn it on on the day when it's needed. Um, and yeah, Danny Wyatt is in such good form right now. We saw her out at fair break and she was just loving life. And I think she's sort of carried that back over here. It's going to be really interesting, actually, to see her, what she's going to be up to in the international, on the international scene this summer as well. Because if she carries on this form, we saw her in the World Cup earlier this year as well. She is such a good player. Keep her up the top of the order. We love that. And yeah, the Vipers would be very happy to have Danny Wyatt in there and just hope that she doesn't end up on international duties or somewhere they don't want her when they need her in the big games. Yeah, big game player, didn't she? She scored that 100 against South Africa in the World Cup to secure England's final spot. You mentioned it, Georgie. I was going to ask you, I know it's the Charlotte Edwards Cup podcast, but how was that fair break tournament? It looked wonderful from afar and you seem to be having quite a good time. Yeah, honestly, I mean, social media does show the shiny glamorous bit, <laughs> let's be honest. You, you didn't see me being like, it's still in the morning. I want to go home. Why is the aircon on? I'm freezing in the middle of Dubai. But... Honestly, it was just like the best few weeks. Like some of the cricket we saw on display from players that we all hear about all the time, but then obviously players from associate nations who don't even get on TV normally. Or like you didn't even, not going to lie, I didn't know how much cricket they played in Nepal, but Nepalese people are really keen on their women's cricket. They love it. Sita Ranamaga with her push for celebration went just bloody viral. It was insane. And then you've got the likes of uh, Winnie Durasingham from Malaysia just absolutely smashing it. And then the ICC's clocked onto it and we're like right we should be picking up all these stories they were loving it too and then you've got the likes of um oh who else oh god there's just so many Mariko Hill she was obviously we've had her on our podcast before but she is now playing at the Diamonds alongside Stair Callis who was out there and just seeing all these people we had a 40 year old Japanese cricketer um Niyuki Miyagi take a forfer and just absolutely smashing it you've got Babette Delead from the Netherlands taking Taking five stumpings in an innings, some of them to um, Sanomir, and just the whole thing. You're there, like, this is just insane. Look what women's cricket can do. Look where it can go. If we give them this platform, like we've got in the Charlotte Edwards Cup, Rachel Hayhill Flint, we're building that. Women's cricket is just like the unstoppable rise of it. And can you tell I'm quite passionate about it? It's just, it's just coming through a little bit. I mean, it looked wonderful. And confirmed the next iteration is in March. Is that right? Yes, in Hong Kong. I actually had an email this morning saying, I hope you've packed your bags already. And I just said, I haven't unpacked from last time. (laughs) Excellent. Well deserved. Before we move on from that game, I want to talk a little bit about Freya Kemp. Sophie, is she someone you've come up much against? She's been a bit of a child prodigy. She was on the England Academy programme at just 14 and she could bat too. I was reading she made a 62 ball 100 age just 12. Um, So she is some prospect. Yeah, she seems like an exciting player. Um, I haven't seen too much of her. I think she's struggled with injuries over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, still very young. Uh, we played Vipers in a couple of warm-up games pre-Charlotte Edwards Cup. Um, and she played, opened the bowling for them. And yeah, left armour. Uh, we were talking about this on commentary yesterday, weren't we, Sam? But mm-hmm. having different bowlers in the short format of the game, um, you know, left arm seamers, left arm spinners, they're, they're invaluable. Um, so yeah, she's definitely an exciting prospect. Yeah, definitely worth keeping an eye on. I think I'm right in saying, Georgie, she hadn't played, she didn't play at all for the Vipers last year, did she? No, but, you know, we're 
a very, we, I say we, we. the Vipers are a very welcoming, positive side. And I think <laughs> brown players like the likes of Georgia Adams have been around for so long and Danny White and that kind of stuff. You just feed off that energy. And then you've got someone like Charlotte Edwards as your coach, after whom the cup is named, always quite helpful. I think you've got that maturity around you and you live up to that, you build up to that and it's only going to boost you as a player. Yeah, and finally, Hannah, I know you, you do a lot of work with the Lightning. I was talking about that power play. Marie Kelly hit back-to-back sixes, didn't she? She did indeed. And um, obviously we can't say the word that she used pre-season to describe her mentality, but it begins with an F. <laughs> and um, that's, that's the way that she wants to go into her batting. She said that she has her granddad in her ear saying, no, just play yourself in, play yourself in. But she just ignores that and just goes out and she wants to hit from ball one. And she's really worked on her power hitting and striking the ball cleanly, trying to be a 360 player and just absolutely maximising her shots. Scoring 36 off just 12 balls, a 300 strike rate is just absolutely phenomenal with four fours and three sixes. Um, but like you mentioned before, you need those players around you to kind of keep maintaining that and keep building. You, if you've got an explosive player at the start, they're not always going to pull off. But in this case, the power play in some respects did pay off, just losing too many wickets. Um, I think there is a stat out there. Um, Luffy will be the one to know it about... Um, what is it? If you lose like one one or two wickets in the power play, you're more likely to go on go on and win. But if you lose more than that, then it becomes a little bit more problematic. There's some sort of stats out there, but analysis, you need to speak to your analysis for that one. Um, but I did get a message from the Lightning sides just mentioning that they didn't bowl well enough, um, dropped too many catches, whereas Vipers did take all the catches that came their way. They were just a better side on the day. And it's pretty impressive as well that the players, obviously quite a few of them, were at Nat and Catherine's wedding on Saturday and then were representing their regions on the Sunday. So fair play to the players on that turnaround. But um, yeah, Lightning will be a bit disappointed with that after such a brilliant start from Marie Kelly. Yeah, well, you have to have a word with her, Hannah. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm assuming the word beginning with F is thoughtful uh, for the way she is going about her batting. But if she's going to go from ball one, I mean, I'm just having a look now, dot ball for the first ball, hit the second ball for six. And it was just that there was in the fifth over, fifth and uh, fifth and sixth over, they lost three wickets in the space of six balls, which really halted their momentum. Uh, now, you mentioned the wedding, the nuptials that took place on Saturday. And that had a bit of an impact on the Pennine Derby as well, one might say. The Northern Diamonds beat the Thunder by 25 runs at Headingley, so bragging rights for them. Diamonds made 124. They only had 12 fit players. Lauren Winfield-Hill was out with a quad injury and, and Catherine Brunt and Nat Shiver were away uh, having got married the previous day. 100, oh, I've got, I don't know why I've written 143. I've got my numbers wrong. Three wickets for Hannah Jones, couple each for Alex Hartley and Emma Lamb as well. So seven wickets to 12 overs of spin. And in response, Thunder, oh, they've only mustered 99 in-form openers. Boyce and Lamb couldn't quite get going. They were missing Kate Cross and Sophie Eccleston too. How about Katie Levick though, Hannah? 12 for the tournament now, three for 26 on the day. Average of 6.16, economy rate of 6.69, 5.69, not bad. No, she's bowling absolutely phenomenally well. And I saw Hypercourse put that, that stat out and the only word I could think of was phenomenal. 
um to do that in the t20 format it was so good it just shows her class like she's one of those who we've spoken lots about within the county system and one of those kind of unknown heroes who's now you know she's forged her way in the game and is now getting the recognition that she does deserve um but it's absolutely brilliant and is it is she in a position where we could be being like, right, she's in form, can we get her in the England setup? Or has that boat sailed? I don't know, because for me, if the player is in form and there's opportunities coming up, I'd be looking at the Commonwealth Games. I'd be thinking, right, she's in form, she's got the stats behind her. And it's not just the stats from one season. This is like a decade's worth of stats for her as well, where she is consistently performing. Um but I definitely, if I was an English lecturer at the moment, I would not be looking at her age in the slightest because I think there's still plenty to come from her. And I know Georgie is a big fan of Katie Levick. Oh my God, I am Katie Levick's super fan. And if life doesn't work out as a cricketer, which it is for her, she's going to be a stand-up comedian anyway. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know if she's got time to do both on tour, but that girl is just fantastic. She's got the energy that you want around women's cricket. She's got the skills. She's got this... Don't know what that action is, but it's working. So she can have it. And she's just a great egg. She's great on comms too. And yeah, she's the kind of person you want around that side. They just seem to have a really good time at Northern Diamonds as well. They all seem to just get along so well. And I'm sure Luffy can agree that like when your team clicks like that, it's something that just works on the pitch as well. And it comes through in that team dynamic. And you're always there having a good time, enjoying cricket while taking it seriously at the same time. And that's what Lev brings at Diamonds. And runs for Stair Callis as well, who you mentioned you saw in the fair break tournament. Oh, yeah. My gal, Stair Callis, she actually texted me yesterday. She's like, you're coming to watch our game? And I was like, well, up in Manchester. Um, I mean, if you pay my train ticket and my accommodation, yeah, cool. But yeah, she's great. And like, she's been such, she's been a fair break for a long time now, but she was great in this tournament, part of the winning tornado side. She put in some really good performances, won herself an Apple Watch as a player of the match. And yeah, she just she was one of those people that's got that energy that you just feed off. Absolute nutcase. When it was like two in the morning on uh, after finals, she'd be like, right, we're going out. And I was like, I am so tired. I am still working just because you played and are finished. Some of us can't. But yeah, she's great fun. She's a really talented player and showing what the Netherlands can bring, you know, her and Babette de Lied flying that Netherlands flag on their backs at fair break and they're smashing it. So I'd love to see Babette around more on the English scene that'd be quite cool she's a great player great person great human and yeah so Sarah is absolutely smashing at diamonds I think she's happy to have Mariko up there as well those two are going to cause some chaos I think on and off the field chaos on and off the field I don't know do we like do we need chaos off the field I suppose we need we need an element of chaos off the field and Sophie that Northern Diamonds result having an eye on group A they're probably because they're in second behind the Vipers that is one you have to keep half an eye on, well, at least half an eye, maybe a whole eye. Yeah, I have had a, a sneaky look this morning just to have a look what was going on in the other group. Um, like I knew Vipers were four from four. Um, and so, yeah, if they can keep beating the other teams, that will that will help us as well. But look, we've got two games to play and, and we need to you know make sure that we win both of those. Um, yeah, every game's must win for us. Um, so we've just got to focus on, on what we're doing and not worry too much about other teams bonus points, et cetera. Like you've got to get the four points on the board first and foremost. Well, absolutely. So four games of the Charlotte Edwards Cup group stages gone, two games remaining. Next round is on Wednesday. Group B has Central Sparks at the top with 13 points. Southie Stars on 12. Western Storm, Sophie Luffs, Western Storm on nine. And the Sunrisers yet to get off the mark, but I'm sure they will 
before the tournament ends. And then up in Group A, I should say, it's not really up, is it? Across in Group A, Southern Vipers, 18 points from four games. They've been dominant. Northern Diamonds have 10. Thunder have five. Lightning, they've got just four. But Hannah, there's some wholesome stuff coming out of the Lightning, isn't there? Yeah, so I don't know if people have seen it, but um, Anita Groves on Twitter put such a lovely post up of her daughter, Josie, who's been in the Lightning mix this year. Um, Really young spinner and a prospect with a bat too. And her tweet just put, saw a six-year-old with autographs at the Lightning Cricket Vipers game. Asked her how old she'll be when she plays at Trent Bridge. She said 16. I'll be back in 10 years, fingers crossed. 10 years ago, my daughter was getting England autographs at Games Day and she was playing with and against them. And there's a photo of Josie with uh, Danny Wyatt and Tammy Beaumont. And obviously she's in the same side as Tammy Beaumont now. And she was bowling at Danny Wyatt. And Danny Wyatt as well replied back saying, love this. She bowled great too. And Tammy just four minutes ago, so hot off the press, said she'll get, get you in her pocket one day too. Glad Jay is on my team. So a nice bit of, what this competition's all about, bridging the gap and bringing in that next generation of talent alongside those experienced pros. Yeah, it's wonderful to see. Well, thank you very much. And that is a perfect way to end another episode of the Charlotte Edwards Cup review. Thank you very much, Hannah. Where are you? Are you about to jump in a car? I know you're all over the place at the moment. Yeah, off to a wedding. Um, they booked it thinking it was a bank holiday Monday, but obviously it's a normal Monday today. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm confused by that too. That, yeah, I, I see that one. Yeah, they booked it before when today was meant to be a bank holiday. So um, yeah, off to a wedding, then back to work, then back down to West Country to get to Sophie Luff's match on Wednesday. Oh, what a dreamy way to start the Jubilee bank holiday weekend. Yeah, it's a completely separate note, but there are some... Uh, legal cases going on from believe it or not calendar printers who had their entire calendar runs printed for the year and then they changed to bank holiday and that has stuffed them completely but that is very very tangential Georgie Heath what's on the agenda for you this week I mean at some point I will sleep but I have a hell of a lot of things to do that I really don't want to do like I like writing netball but I'm kind of done with writing about netball um, I'm going to go to the last at the oval on Tuesday I think the plan is to go into the office, which is at the Oval, and then just stay. Genius. And then I'm going to head home. I want to put my dog again. There's some more wholesome content for you. And Sophie, we know what you're up to this week. How do you go about preparing for Wednesday? Was there a bit of a rest day or were you going to have a hit on Tuesday? Yeah, so today's a complete day off for all the girls and then we're in training at Bristol. Uh, tomorrow will be a pretty short and sharp session. Uh, girls just get in, do what they need to do to prep for Wednesday. And then, yeah, big game live on Sky. Um, so that's really exciting. Oh, it very much is. I will be sure to be tuning in. I hope everyone listening is too. Thank you very much then to Georgie, to Hannah, to Sophie. This has been the Charlotte Edwards Cup review brought to you by County Cricket Natters in conjunction with Women's Cricket Chat. Enjoy the rest of your weeks and we'll be back on Thursday. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Cricket, 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 cricket,
Podcast Network.